Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. In the previous program, I was talking about Romans chapter 14. In Romans chapter 14, the Apostle Paul talks about faith. He talks about weak faith and strong faith. And I explained that faith is the response that we have when we believe the truth. When we receive the truth, when we hear the truth, when the Lord reveals to us the truth that he has for us, and we respond to that, then that is our faith. Our faith is our expression. It is the expression in our lives, the way that we make decisions, the way that we live. The response to what we believe is everything. Now, Paul explains this in the context of the dietary laws, the Sabbath laws. He talks about food, and he talks about days that people may observe, food that people choose not to eat, or special days that people decide to worship God, or to set aside for the purpose of not working, things like that. And the Apostle Paul explains that an individual, an individual who believes that God holds their sins against them, He explains that this individual will be bound. He will be bound to live according to the law. And as a result of that, he will also pass judgment against others who fail to live in obedience to the laws. Now, the dietary laws are easy to obey. The Sabbath law is easy to obey, relatively speaking. As long as you observe it in your flesh, when it comes to the condition of your heart, that's, of course, another story. But the important thing that I want you to understand is, is that people live that way because they do not believe that they have been set free from the law through the forgiveness of sins. Now, the Lord our God set us free from the law through the forgiveness of sins, not so that we could go out and indulge our flesh, but he did that so that he could open the door and we could walk through this door to enter into the new covenant, which is a completely different way of life a new way of living, a new way of life that has nothing to do with the law. It has to do with living by what our God has already given to us. He has already given himself to us. He's already given his love to us. And by receiving him and all that he has given to us in an inheritance, because we are children of God, we can then go out and engage the world with what we have received from our God, and this is what we need so that we can love others as he has loved us. And if we are loving others, then we will not be violating the law. This is what Paul explained in the previous 13 chapters of the book of Romans. So in Romans chapter 14, he directly addresses the individuals whose faith is weak, who are still struggling with the law, and explains to them that they should not be judgmental towards those who are not living by the law, because in reality, their faith is strong, not because they are not living according to the law, but because they believe. They believe what God has done for them. They believe 
in what God has given to them, and they are living their lives according to their inheritance, not according to the law with the hope, with the expectation that God will eventually deliver something because of their obedience, with the hope that one day God will bless them because they don't sin. That is how the people of the law live. The people of faith, according to the new covenant, live on the basis of what he has already given to them, not on the basis of what they hope that they will one day achieve or receive from their God. Those are two completely different ways of life. Now, I, of course, believe in the dietary laws, and I believe in the Sabbath law. I really do. I did two programs on the subject of the dietary laws that you can listen to in my radio archive. And I, of course, want to encourage you to listen to those programs. They are very important. The subject of the dietary laws is a very important subject. And if you do not understand that subject, then you are missing a significant piece of the whole picture of what God has done through the nation of Israel in bringing about the Messiah. I did several programs on the Sabbath law. I really do believe in the Sabbath law. I taught for several hours on the subject of the Sabbath law. I have a lot to say about it. It's a very important law. I know it well. But what Paul is talking about is he is talking about the transition that people experience from living under the old covenant to the new covenant. And this is a very important transition because during the time when Paul wrote this letter, this was the struggle that the church was dealing with, the primary struggle, was going from, making this transition from living according to the old covenant to now living according to the new covenant. He did, of course, spend a lot of time with the Gentiles, many of which had never had any exposure to the old covenant, but many of them did. In fact, if you go through the book of Acts, you'll find that when he went out into the Gentile world, the first place that he went to was the synagogues which were primarily composed of Gentiles who had converted to Judaism, but that's where he started. He started with the people in the synagogues because that was the appropriate place to start. Without a reasonable foundation in the Old Covenant, it can be quite challenging to make the transition into the New Covenant in the way that our God would like us to live by understanding the freedom that he has called us to, by understanding the fulfillment that he has achieved and by understanding the basic foundations for which salvation came about for its purpose and what it means in our lives right now. Beginning in Romans chapter 14, verse 5, it says, One person regards one day above another, and another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord, and he who eats does so for the Lord, and he gives thanks to God. And he who eats not, for the Lord he does not eat, and gives thanks to God. For not one of us lives for himself, and not one dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord. Or if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died, and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. But you, why do you judge your brother? Or you again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each one of us, 
will give an account of himself to God. That's verse 12, Romans chapter 14, verse 12, where it says, So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. In other words, there is no need for me to give an account to you. And there's no need for you to give an account to me. I'm not accountable to you. You're not accountable to me. But you are accountable to God. And I am accountable to God as well. Now, from the point of view of the law, accountability is simple. It's very easy to define. The law demands obedience. The law demands obedience to the totality of the law. And, of course, I'm referring to the law of Moses. And if you fail, if you fail, then your accountability is simple. You failed, regardless of how you obeyed, how you repented, if you did a little, if you did a lot. None of that means anything. The end result is simple. You failed, and so you have a need for the mercy of God. That's the law. And if you do not receive the mercy of God, then you have no hope whatsoever. Now, this is what the law was given for. It was given to drive us to this point so that we would recognize that we need the mercy of God. And he provided his mercy through the forgiveness through the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. That's what he did. He accomplished that. He has been merciful. He has forgiven all sin. And because of that, he can now institute a new covenant. And the new covenant is totally different from the old. It is not like the old, as the prophet Jeremiah said. The new covenant will not be like the old. And we are now in the new covenant, and it is not like the old. It's totally different, completely different. For those who are willing to receive the mercy of God, they can then be resurrected through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And when we have been resurrected through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, then he can begin to grow us and mature us. And the way that we grow is by having exposure to the truth. He reveals his truth to us and we believe. We believe the truth. If you will believe that you have been forgiven, then it provides for you a completely different way of life. A different way of life, a life of peace, a life of rest. That is what he has provided for us, a life of rest. A life of thankfulness. A life of receiving from him and resting in what he gives. And then to engage the world, to live our lives Walk in the world with all that he has given to us, freely giving that to others, so that others might have exposure to him, and perhaps they might discover who he is and grow to know who he is, so that the invisible God will be manifested within and through you in a visible way, so that others might know their God. These are the kinds of things that he is involved in when it comes to the new covenant. And what are we accountable to in the new covenant? What is our accountability before God? Those of us who have been born again by the Spirit, is our accountability to go before our God and be ashamed, to be embarrassed, to go before him and say, yes, Lord, you know, I was not very appreciative of what you did for me because I wasn't as committed as perhaps I could have been to try to get all of the sin out of my life. There are people who believe that. I, I don't. I just don't share in that belief. I really believe that the accountability with God will be very simple. When I go before my God and I see him, 
for who he is in a new way in comparison to how I see him today. When I see him with whatever eyes he allows me to have, when I see him in whatever glory I can withstand, my accountability before him will be very simple. Did I believe him? Did I really believe him? With all that he showed me, did I trust and believe in what he showed me? So from the old covenant point of view, the accountability is very simple. You either obey or you die. Under the new covenant, it's also very simple. You either believe or you don't believe. And if you don't believe, well, there are boundaries, of course, with regards to salvation. But if you are saved and you did not believe as much as perhaps he wanted you to, if you did not believe those things that he revealed to you, well, then there will be a type of accountability. But that's just simply because you are now in his presence. Now, my friend, I honestly do not know what that will really look like. And I do not believe that anyone will be punished for their unbelief, assuming that they are saved. I don't expect anything like that to show itself, but I do expect some clarity. I do expect that God will communicate to them. He will find some way to communicate to them the fact that they did not believe some things that he told them that he would prefer that they believed back then, as in now, as opposed to later when you go into heaven. That there is value in believing the truth that he has revealed now. Now! There is great value in that. I personally do not want to go before my God and be confronted with the fact that I did not believe him. With all that he has shown me personally, if I go before him and my life My being is not a reflection. I did not respond to what he showed me. If perhaps I lived as if he didn't say anything to me at all, as if he shared nothing with me, if I did not take what he gave and I did not incorporate that into my life experience, if I was not a good steward of what he shared with me, I'll be honest with you, I might feel a sense of embarrassment. And I'm not interested in that. I really don't want to be embarrassed before my God just because I was not a good steward of what he showed me. Because I did not live on the basis of what he revealed. If our God reveals something to us, are we going to take that seriously or not? If he reveals something to you clearly and you know that it came from the living God, You know a lot of people who he does not speak to. You know lots of people that he will not show anything to beyond what he has already shown them, which is, of course, adequate for them to turn to him and repent and be saved. But there are many people who you know personally that the living God will never reveal these things to them that he has revealed to you. And do you live with that truth? Is your life a reflection of that truth? Do you live on the basis of what he has given to you? Is your life a reflection of that? Do you live your daily life making decisions that are a reflection of the reality that he has shared with you? 
the truth that he has shared with you, if there is an opportunity for it to have application in the decision-making process that you have to deal with on a regular basis, when you make decisions and there's an opportunity for the truth of God to be applied, do you apply it? Do you use it? Is your life a reflection of that? This is a very important thing to consider. I really do believe that we should at least be good stewards of what he has revealed, not because we are afraid of punishment, and certainly, of course, not because we are concerned about being ashamed before God. But when he says in verse 12, Romans chapter 14, verse 12, so then each one of us will give an account of himself to God, I believe that that's what he's talking about. That the accounting will not be on the basis of how obedient or repentant we were, but instead the accounting will be being confronted with him, knowing that we were or were not good stewards of the truth that he revealed to us. That we responded or we did not respond. That what he shared with us was of value. That he shared something with us and we used it. He has given an abundance to us. If only we consider the scriptures themselves and not any other revelation that is given to us through the indwelling presence of his spirit, just the Bible itself, were we good stewards of what he shared? And I believe that the accountability will be nothing more than an acknowledgement, a recognition. That's all. Nothing more than that. And then we will continue to experience a relationship with our God Regardless of what happened, of course, in the past, that our relationship will continue and we will enjoy discovering what he has for us next. Continuing in Romans chapter 14, verse 13, it says, Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. I know and am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. But to him who thinks anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. For if because of food your brother is hurt, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy with your food him for whom Christ died. Therefore do not let what is for you a good thing be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by man. So then we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. Again, in verse 18, he says, For he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by man. An individual who does not put a stumbling block in the way of a believer who is maturing, growing in faith, one who may not understand the implications of forgiveness in the way that you do, who may not understand the differences between the Old and the New Covenant as you do, You will be acceptable before God, even if you live according to the commandments, even if you live according to the laws that your brother believes that we should live by. If you live that way, you will still be acceptable before God because your God knows deep down in your heart that you do believe in what he has accomplished for you. 
and that you are not being deceptive. You are not deceiving anyone. You are just simply loving your brother, recognizing the condition that he is in and not giving him a situation where he would feel compelled to pass judgment against you. So you will be acceptable, acceptable to God and approved by men at the same time. It's very important to recognize this, that this is not the same as an individual who has evil in their heart, but in their outward life, they appear to be holy and righteous. In this case, you have holiness in your heart, and your outward life may give the appearance of repentance and obedience and observance, but it isn't really the case. And honestly, it's not necessary to apologize for living in obedience to commandments, not in the same way as it is necessary to apologize for giving the appearance that you are when deep down in your heart there is wickedness, unrighteousness, and evil. Those are two completely different things. So continuing in Romans chapter 14, verse 20, it says, Do not tear down the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are clean, but they are evil for the man who eats and gives offense. He says, do not tear down the work of God. What he means by that is that God is doing a work. Allow him to do the work. Don't tear down what he's doing. Give him the liberty and the freedom and the room to work with an individual and to grow them at a pace that they can handle, at a pace that is appropriate for them. Allow him to do the work and do not interfere in the work that he is doing. Now, of course, there are times when it is appropriate to at least mention the freedom that we have. But if you are being led by the Holy Spirit of God, then he will guide you concerning that. He will show you how to do that. And he will give you the words to speak when it's appropriate. And through that, great things will result. But you must be sensitive to the Spirit of God. You must be sensitive to him if you are going to be a part of the work that he is doing. In verse 21 it says, It is good not to eat meat or to drink wine or to do anything by which your brother stumbles. The faith which you have, have as your own conviction before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith, and whatever is not from faith is sin. Why would he say whatever is not from faith is sin? Because sin, according to the New Covenant, in the context of the New Covenant, is unbelief. When we do not believe the truth that our God has revealed to us, that is sin. There is the presence of sin, the existence of sin. Does he hold that against us? Of course not, because he dealt with sin through the Lord Jesus. But there is no need to pretend that sin is not sin, because sin is sin, and unbelief is the sin. Unbelief is what we will be accountable for, that we did not believe the truth that our God revealed. And then in Romans chapter 15, verse 1, he says, Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good to his edification. 
For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So just as Jesus engaged the world, he was in the world, and he witnessed and he experienced the sins of others, so also when you are in the fellowships and in the world and you witness the sins of others in the context of unbelief, that they don't really believe in forgiveness, they don't really believe in the new covenant, love them still, love them anyway. Just as Jesus loved those who he interacted with, who knew very little of God, but he showed them what they could handle, what they could understand. And through that, many have been saved. So when you speak with those whose faith is somewhat immature, they have not really grown a whole lot in their relationship with Christ Jesus. When you speak with them, try to remember your own personal struggles. I realize that sometimes we want to save people the pain and the suffering of struggling through these issues. But if you have struggled with these issues, you should recognize what I mean when I say that there is great value in the struggle. And sometimes it's through the struggle that our God will reveal these things to us in a way that is personal to us. And for those of you who have not experienced the maturity and the growth that I am referring to. As you encounter these struggles, embrace them. Embrace the struggles. When you find yourself wrestling with the issues related to law and grace and forgiveness, don't just put those things aside. You wrestle with those things. You go through the struggle prayerfully and ask the Lord to reveal His truth to you. And ask him to give you the faith and the conviction so that you may respond to the truth that he has revealed so that you can grow as he would like you to grow. So that you will no longer remain a child in Christ Jesus, but you will become an adult in Christ Jesus. A mature believer who is a member of the body of Christ who will participate in the work of God of setting people free. And I will continue with this in the next broadcast. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80937. Or use the donation link on our website, livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Thank you,